You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. Do the seals on the scroll in the book of Revelation express the day of the Lord's wrath? It's one of the most common objections that pre-tribulationists have against the pre-wrath position. Uh, because they, you know, they interpret the seven seals as God's eschatological wrath. Of course, part of the the, uh, the seal is being the, the day of the Lord's wrath. And given this premise, that, that their premise, they presuppose then that the rapture must have happened before the seals take place, even though nowhere in Revelation you, you have that. And one of their most uh, commonly cited arguments, it's not the only one, but it is the most commonly cited argument I hear all the time, and that is that the, the seals on the scroll are God's wrath because Jesus himself opens them right he opens the seals and in their mind that that means that necessities requires that oh this must be the day of the lord's wrath the problem with that uh, well problems with that is actually on a on a close examination of the nature and the function of the seals themselves there is no support for that interpretation uh, that the seals are part of the eschatological day of the Lord's wrath, as I'm going to explain later. Now, pre-wrath, pre-wrath sees the seven seals as conditions of events, okay, that must be met before the scroll is is opened, uh, unleashing, you know, its contents of the trumpet and trumpets and bowl judgments. So we see that the scroll, the scroll represents the title deed of earth. Jesus, uh, we're told in book of Revelation that he's the only one that's worthy to open uh, the the scroll, to break the, the seals on the, on the scroll and open them. When Jesus does break all seven seals, that's when we know that the contents of the scroll uh, are uh, unleashed, which of course, again, is the wrath of God. Uh, incidentally, uh, in, in my book, I, I have a photo of a rare uh, scroll that was discovered. It was a fourth century scroll. It was discovered actually when they discovered it. Uh, it had uh, all seven seals intact on the scroll, uh, and I have uh, two photographs. Actually, I um, received permission from um, and had to pay a little pretty penny as well uh, to get permission to publish them in my book uh, from a Jerusalem museum. And but you can see the original. It's not the um, you know the the moment they discover the picture of the moment they discover the the scroll. But it was uh, you have a, a picture of the seven seals on one page in the scroll itself. Of course, they opened it up and because they wanted to see the contents of it. And you can see a, a, a photograph, the actual photograph of of that. And that is in my book, Antichrist Before the Day of the Lord. What every Christian needs to know. About uh, about the return of Christ. Okay, so the 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 first four seals, okay, uh, they express natural events. These are going to be natural events, and when you when you read the seals, particularly the first four seals, uh, and 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 as well uh, the fifth seal, 
um, you you see there's a contrast between these natural events and if you read the you juxtapose it to the the trumpet judgments or the bow judgments, which are obviously they're supernatural wrath of God. So there's a contrast between that. Um, so the first four seals, you know, you have the the conquering wars, famine, and and death, right? Uh, nothing new there, right? The church has experienced these events throughout its existence. Uh, however, I do believe that these specific events, uh, these seals events, they're they're likely going to be in the future and will be on a large scale, very intense scale, I believe. Uh, and so the, I, during this time, this is going to be a refining period of, for the church, for, for the church, uh, they're, uh, refining individuals for believers to refine their faith. I believe, and again, I've written this, you can see that, uh, read that in, in my book. Uh, I argue that the first three seals corresponds with the beginning of the, of the birth pains, uh, that Jesus mentions in Matthew 24, uh, which actually, uh, Jesus explicitly says it's before the end. That is, which, you know, at the end, then you, you have none other than the wrath of God. Uh, so the seals are going to be, they're going to be very difficult times for the church and the world at large, by the way. But I believe it's, you know, that scripture teaches it's going to happen before the Antichrist revelation uh, at the midpoint or the, the Antichrist revelation will be at the midpoint, and these events will happen before the midpoint, probably during the first half of the seven-year period. And during that first half, I believe Antichrist will be in a position most likely as a world military leader so that when he is revealed at the midpoint, he will be in a position to dominate the world. And as, as far as the fourth and the fifth seals, I see that ex- expressing the Antichrist's great tribulation during his revelation. Uh, and again, like I said, this, all that argumentation is laid out in, in the book. So <clears throat> when pre-tribs claim that the four, first four horsemen seals you know, express the day of the Lord's wrath, it begs the question. Uh, the burden of proof is on the pre-tribber to show, number one, that the church is not on earth at that time, and number two, the seals are um, the day of the Lord's wrath. They can't demonstrate either of those two. The biblical data just does not support uh, what they want it to, to uh, support. Now, <clears throat> uh, another, I think, relevant example before moving on is you know, I, I believe that the first seal, this, you know, it uh, depicts this enigmatic conquering writer. And I believe it's the Antichrist. In fact, uh, and I'm not going to argue for that here, but in my book, Antichrist Before the Day of the Lord, um, one of my longest endnotes in the book <laughs> um, argues that, and I think I, I give good reasons to show that the, uh, the first seal this writer represents symbolizes the Antichrist. Second Thessalonians chapter two is kind of interesting. Paul says that that God's hand of restraint, okay, when when the when the when the Antichrist is revealed, okay, just before he's revealed, God's hand of restraint is upon Satan to uh, possess a certain figure, okay, and and I believe that. The agent of this restraint is Michael, the archangel. That's another 
show we can do on that, but that this restrainer uh, will cease the restraining ministry. And then we're told that when the ceasing of the ministry happens, the Antichrist will be revealed. And this will begin the campaign of terror against the church and against Israel, particularly a remnant of, of Israel. All right. All right. So <clears throat> now I, I want to also respond to the pre-trib claim that, you know, the fourth seal, uh, this is something I hear often. Well, the fourth seal depicts one fourth of the world dying, being killed. And <clears throat> pre-tribs conclude, well, you know, if one-fourth of the world dies, that, that has to be God's wrath. Well, the problem here is, is that they're not actually reading the text accurately. In fact, they're, they're, they're reading into the text. Um, if you read the text, it's, it, it says, well, let me just back up here. It, the, the text depicts the fourth seal text that is in Revelation 6. It shows a perspective from the world at large, okay, and shifts to a more limited scope, this this one-fourth. Um, and the final horse, this fourth horse, is pale green, symbolizing death, of course, personified by the, f- the final rider with Hades following him, it says. And it says, though, it says authority was given to these two type of personified male- uh, malevolent forces, by God's permission to kill by various means, sword, famine, pestilence, and wild beasts on the, on the earth. Uh, but it says that the authority is limited to uh, over a fourth of the earth. It doesn't say, it doesn't say that they're killed. Okay? It says that there's a sphere that they're given over a fourth. The, the, the term to kill, actually, it indicates intention. Okay? It doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that this intention is accomplished as the pre-tribulationist assumes. You cannot assume that. You can't uh, assume that one-fourth is killed. In fact, it's interesting that actually uh, in the book of Revelation, when it actually states when such a massive number of people are actually killed, you find that in Revelation 9, 18, um, it reads, a third of humanity was killed by these three plagues. There, uh, and it says, uh, that is by fire, smoke, and sulfur came out of their mouths. In that text, it actually states, it says, they die, they killed. Whereas in the fourth seal, it says that there was, they were given authority over a fourth. Uh, so the pre-tribs, they're, they're, they're definitely reading... Um, too much into that text. Whether the one fourth of the earth is, you know, is a geographic or a demographic, we don't actually know for sure. Uh, the fourth seal is not actually clear on that point. Um, and I, I give a couple of suggestions in my book on that. Okay, uh, let's move on to the, the, the fifth seal. And there's one seal they, they completely ignore almost virtually all the time. And that's the fifth seal. And, they, and, and there's a reason why they ignore it, because the fifth seal completely contradicts their whole claim uh, that the seals are, are God's wrath. Because the fifth seal definitely shows that it, it is not God's wrath. And it's very problematic when they insist that the seals are God's wrath, because uh, it actually makes God out to be a liar, 
uh, their their interpretation makes God out to be a liar. What I mean by that? The fifth seal depicts the objects of, and that are, and the objects are, or the content of the seal are martyrs. Well, guess who martyrs are? It's not the wicked. All right, we only have one other choice here. Yes, that's right. Righteous people die for the faith in Christ. All right, and it makes uh, in pre-tribs when they, when they take this stance, make God out to be a liar because First Thessalonians chapter five verse nine is a promise that believers are exempted from the day of the Lord's wrath. Well, if they're exempted from the day of the Lord's wrath, and we have the fifth seal is martyrs dying, then the fifth seal cannot be God's wrath because God doesn't break His promises. So this it contradicts their claim that the seals are God's wrath, and and um and and again the 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 seal it explicitly explicitly reveals that it's directed against believers. Okay, so um you know the uh so you know Jesus and it's interesting here because they 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 stress that well it's it's Jesus himself who who is opening up the seals well guess what Jesus himself opens up the fifth seal you never hear them say that by the way and there's a, and again there's a reason why because they know it's problematic well Jesus opens does that mean that, okay Jesus opens up the fifth seal himself is he executing wrath against his own people well what that what this means this whole idea of Jesus opening himself, opening up the seals, what this means is not because the the nature of the seals are God's wrath, but what it conveys is that God is, or Jesus is, um, the Son is in control. He's, he's almighty. He's sovereign. And it conveys his sovereignty over these events as they progress toward his kingdom goal. And what is the kingdom goal? Well, the, what is the the accomplishment of the the sixth the um, the fifth seal? Well, it says in Revelation six eleven says they were given each a white robe and told to rest a little bit longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. Uh, I challenge you to you know, read this narrative, by the way, because the the saints are crying out to God, God, when are you going to execute your wrath to vindicate, right? To vindicate himself and his holiness. They're crying out to God saying that. So it's the martyrs themselves who recognize that their, their plight of martyrdom is not a result of God's wrath, no. In fact, they're crying out to God asking, when will his wrath? And it's confirmed, by the way, by Revelation 6.11. The heavenly answer is said, wait a little bit while, which, of course, indicates that it hasn't happened yet. But the wrath of God will be coming soon. So, um, so the, these believers, they have not been killed by the day of the Lord's wrath because, it ha- again, it has not started yet. Uh, instead, it's a result of the Antichrist Great Tribulation, um, and it explicitly states that the again the result of their being killed is due to not God's day of the Lord's wrath, but because of the word quote because of the word of God and because of the testimony they had given. I mean, think about it. that's the reason that's given why they're martyrs. 
so the uh, the fifth seal cannot be construed as the day of the Lord's wrath. <clears throat> Um, now, I, I, again, when I'm, uh, I just want to qualify myself. Revelation, uh, the fifth seal, indicates that God sovereignly, obviously, Jesus and God, you know, they're, they're, they sovereignly ordaining a certain number of martyrs. It, it explicitly says that there is a certain number of martyrs that will happen. So they are in control. Okay. But of course, uh, the secondary means of how they die, all right, uh, is uh, not, again, not because of the day of the Lord's wrath, but because of evil men, i.e. the Antichrist, okay? Just wanted to stress that point. Oh, yeah, one, one point I wanted to mention was in Revelation 6.10, uh, in Revelation, yeah, Revelation 6.10, the, the martyrs themselves they're crying out to God and they're saying, how long, sovereign master, holy and true, before you judge those who live on the earth in avenger blood? I alluded to that earlier. Uh, and, and again, so they, they themselves are not recognizing that their, their, their plight is, of, is because of the day of the Lord's wrath. Uh, and they're given white robes and they're told to, to wait a little bit uh, longer. Because of course, what the white robes they symbolize the the hope of the resurrection, and the and the promise of the soon coming wrath. Um, you know, obviously there 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 are responses from pre tribulationists with with some of these points, and one I've I've heard quite often is. And it's it, it, it's really um, disheartening, actually, to, to hear this. But they, one response is that uh, th- they'll say that the reference to saints in the fifth seal are, well, they're not part of the church. Therefore, God can mete out his wrath on them. I, I, I'm sorry, but um, that is such a desperate attempt to defend pre-tribulationism. Um, it's, it's absurd. It begs the question. I mean, think about it. The pre-trib is so enslaved to the tradition that they're willing to defend their system to actually claim that God will mete out his retributive eschatological wrath against his own redeemed people. That, I, I'm, not, not to mention this, that it falsely creates a new class of Christians apart from the church. When Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.9 that we are not destined, or believers are not destined to wrath, it's because it's based on the work of Christ, where believers who are redeemed by Christ are not condemned. So it's, it's just simply a desperate, and again, it's a blasphemous position for pre-tribs to take. They say, well, oh, they're not the church, so that's okay if God meets out judgment a wrath against these martyrs. I mean, wow! Um, it, it just shows the vacuum, uh, the um, vacuous nature of of how pre-tribs uh, can't have the 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 church um, in uh, the great tribulation. Okay, let's let's move on to the sixth seal. Uh, if there is any seal that shows that the wrath of God has not begun, it is this one. Uh, even though the 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 sixth seal is this celestial uh, 
celestial event that signals to the world of God's impending judgment. Uh, and you have the reaction from the wicked. And what are the wicked doing? They're fleeing. They're fleeing fleeing from the wrath because they know what is coming. Uh, the wicked interpret this not as some freakish event, but as divine. It's divine. In fact, it says, fall on us and hide us from the face of the one who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. So this is this is not uh, the first time that that this celestial disturbance is mentioned uh, in the Bible. Other eschatological passages depict this. And let me just just quickly uh, go through a few of these. Uh, one of the most important is Joel 2, 30 to 31. It reads, I will produce portents both in the sky and on the earth, blood, fire, columns of smoke. The sunlight will be turned to darkness and the moon to the color of blood before the day of the Lord comes, that great and terrible day. And notice, notice this is before the day of the Lord, not during or after, but before. Uh, the this cluster of celestial disturbances of the sixth seal, they, um, so they function to signal the impending day of the Lord's wrath. Okay, so the sixth seal is saying, no, the wrath of God has not come. Okay, the condition for the wrath is the this celestial cluster of disturbances that will signal. Okay, and we're going to see in the seventh seal. The seventh seal will actually. Uh, announce the or pronounce the the wrath of God, but another uh, quick passage is found in um, in Luke. Luke's account of this event of the six seal event highlights that there's going to be two polar responses uh, uh, for um, unbelievers. It's going to be a time of distress, anxious, fainting from fear, and from the expectation of what is coming on the world. And for believers. We are told to stand up and raise your heads because it says your redemption is drawing near. And you can read that in Luke 21, 25 to 28. And then Matthew has account in his uh, account of the Olive Discourse. Matthew highlights that the celestial event announces the day of the Lord's wrath, which will happen immediately after the great tribulation. Uh, in Matthew 24, verse 29, it says, immediately after the suffering, i.e. tribulation of those days, it's referring back to the great tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. And um, and you can continue to read that in Matthew 24, 30, 31. <clears throat> so the, the, the Antichrist great tribulation Great Tribulation, uh, will happen, it's going to happen before the day of the Lord's wrath. The object of Antichrist persecution will be against God's people. Okay? The object of the Lord's wrath will be against the wicked during the day of the Lord's, um, day of the Lord's wrath. And so, when the, the Son of Man pierces through the darkness and arrives on the clouds, he's going to rapture God's people which cuts short the Antichrist persecution of them. And then, and then that's when the Lord will unleash his wrath upon the world. Okay. Okay. The seventh seal, the seventh seal, uh, before the seventh seal is opened, uh, which will then open, of course, the scroll. Uh, there is a significant event that happens. 
Okay. Now recall the the first six seals, right? We had the first the first seal open, the second seal open, the third seal, the fourth seal is open, the fifth seal is open, the sixth seal is open, and then just before the seventh seal is opened, right? You have the first six seals are opened without interruption. But before the seventh seal is open, there is a there's a pause in the narrative with two groups of people being delivered. Uh, there's a group of 144,000 Jews who are on earth and they're sealed and protected. And then there is a great, there's a great multitude that cannot be numbered, it says, in, in, in heaven. You can see Revelation 7. And why are they being delivered at this point? Well, it makes sense. Uh, it makes sense because that it happens at this point uh, because the seventh seal is about to be opened. Okay, which is going to unleash the day of the Lord's wrath through the trumpet and bold judgments. And it's, you know, it, by the way, it's noteworthy that the, the depiction of the great multitude in heaven, they possess resurrected bodies, which of course implies that they've just been raptured. Uh, since it, it, it says that they, they quote, have come out of the great tribulation, Revelation 7, 14. And this is consistent with, with Jesus' teaching where he says that the elect are gathered out of from or out of the, the great tribulation in Matthew 24, 29, 31. In fact, let me let me read this again here. It says, immediately after the, the tribulation of those days, the great tribulation, and then verse 31, it says, And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet uh, blast, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven uh, to the other. So, uh, this this is uh, this is this is consistent. The book of Revelation is consistent with Matthew twenty four, which of course it should be because Matthew twenty four twenty five, the Olivet Discourse, is the teaching of Jesus, and the um, the, the book of Revelation is revelation uh, from Jesus. So, and this the. Um, so we 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 shouldn't be surprised that these sequence of events line up perfectly. Okay. All right. So finally, the the account of the the actual opening of the seventh seal, it depicts the um, and and if, uh, go to Revelation eight uh, and start reading. You'll see the pronouncement of the day of the Lord's wrath. There's silence in heaven just before it happens, and then it introduces the trumpets, and then eventually the bowl judgments. And just for the sake of the for for the sake of time, I'm going to read the introduction, the beginning of Revelation eight, which actually I, I called an overture to the trumpets and bold judgments. So in in Revelation eight one through six, it reads. Now, when the Lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Then I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and seven trumpets were given to him, given to them. Another angel holding the golden censer came and was stationed at, a, at the altar. A large amount of incense was given to him to offer up with the prayers of all the saints and on the golden altar that is before the throne. The smoke coming out from the, in, coming out from the incense along with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire in, uh, from the altar and threw it on the earth and there were crashes of thunder roaring, flashes of lightning and an earthquake. Uh, now, when the seven angels holding the seven trumpets prepared to blow them. And then, so that's the overture of the day of the Lord's wrath. Now we have the day of the Lord's wrath being being pronounced, okay? 
So, <clears throat> and you can read the the trumpet narratives in Revelation uh, eight and nine, and the <clears throat> and the bowl judgments in chapters fifteen and sixteen. Well, okay, so bringing this all together, I you know I, I like to put in these terms as far as these latter seals. I the last uh, the fifth through the seventh seal. I say that the the fifth seal. There's a progression here, okay, a progression, and that is the fifth seal promises wrath, the sixth seal portends wrath, an interlude in Revelation 7 protects from wrath, and the seventh seal pronounces wrath. So there's a, there's a beautiful progression here uh, culminating, of course, in the day of the Lord's wrath. So the fact that Jesus opens himself, he opens the seals, it that does not mean that the seals contain God's wrath. It just again, it, it means that he is sovereignly orchestrating eschatological history. So the the seals, the seven seals, they function, these they function as conditions that have to be met first before the scroll is opened, containing God's wrath in the trumpet and bow judgments. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 